I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode of Rebel Radio is brought to you by HoneyBook. I love HoneyBook because it helps you do what you do better. If you run a creative business, you know how to make your clients look good. You know how to do the thing that you love. But, you know, the administrative tasks can be tedious. They can be a struggle. So HoneyBook lets you do your work and uh, handles a lot of that stuff for you. It's an online business management tool that lets you control client communication, bookings, contracts, invoices all in one place. You can consolidate the services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, MailChimp, um, photographers, designers, event professionals, other entrepreneurs are saving hundreds to thousands of hours every year using HoneyBook. It lets you do your business just better. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off of your first year with the promo code REBEL just for listening to Rebel Radio. Isn't that amazing? Payment's flexible, and the promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So go to HoneyBook.com right now, use the promo code REBEL, and get 50% off your first year. Get paid faster, work smarter with HoneyBook.com, promo code REBEL. Yo, this is Kenny Larkin from Detroit. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels that are shaping youth culture. We talk about how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show to bring you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and my guest in studio is Kenny Larkin, the Detroit techno legend. Uh, he's a DJ producer extraordinaire, and um, for those of you, my, my dance music heads will know that uh, Detroit Techno was really the foundation for all modern dance music. It's where, it's where it all started. And my hip-hop heads will know that uh, there's a real connection between Detroit Techno and the hip-hop that was happening at the time. And Kenny and I talk a little bit about 
that song, the one particular song that um, started it all. Uh, Kenny's like, he's like your favorite DJ's favorite DJ. He's a guy that uh, some people may not know, but he's had a huge impact on um, on a lot of people that, that you do know and love. Uh, he's also spent some time working as a comedian, and he talks a little bit about some of the stops and starts he's had in his career. I think there's some great lessons to take from Kenny and his dedication to creativity and how that's, um, uh, you know, really cemented his legacy, even though in some ways, uh, maybe not the most productive business decisions. So we get into some of that in this interview. I hope you enjoy it right after our EDM.com track of the week. was choice with tattoo the edm.com track of the week if you like that one get over to edm.com and check out more new music right now let's get into the interview with kenny larkin okay. um, cool man well thank you for doing this okay, yeah, i'm excited to, to dig into your story you um uh you know as we, as we talked about you know we met many many years ago but haven't really got to know each other okay yeah, yeah. and um and you're like the kind of person I love to have on this show because you're like a, you're a bit of like an unsung hero. You're sort of the producer's producer. Yeah, yeah. Um, For sure. That's we all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is. Which How come is, brothers always end up in that fucking situation? Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. Like you like the jazz guys. You know? <laughs> they got the respect back in the '50s and shit. They had to go to Europe and get their props. But right. Back in the. 60s. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between. Okay, techno and, okay. and jazz, right? I'm not gonna get if all. We want to start all, there. I'm not gonna do all that stuff. I'm not gonna get all like controversial and. You know, what do you call it, uh, uh, conspiratorial. I'm not right. going to do all that stuff. But, but it, it's kind of like that. No, but it's, it's true. I mean, um, so anyway, I don't know the answer to that question. Mm, mm. Um, but I'm glad, I think, you know, as a, as a music fan, you know, lifelong fan of music, um, we, we meaning the world, needs the people that inspire the people that get famous. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. And so it's a, it's about, I want to talk to you about it because it's a weird role to play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't know that you necessarily chose that when you set out. Um, I, I'm, I'm more of an integrity kind of guy yeah. than, than trying to flip my script and do stuff just to kind of go with the, uh, the flow. Okay. Uh, I mean, and then, you know, you, obviously there's, there's consequences from that or, of course. or lack of opportunity. Um, I'm not as quote famous. I call. I like to say I'm famous for, for not being famous. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, like you said, the the artists know who we are big right. time. I mean, I have a, a ton of stories of huge artists. Yeah. That I've met or come across or what. For instance, Oakenfold. I saw Paul Oakenfold in the Starbucks down the street. Uh huh. 
you know, and then yeah, we saw each other. Oh my God, what's up, Kenny? Yeah. Same with um, Daft Punk. I For did sure. a live show. I did this live show uh, in Paris, and it was on TV. And all they invited all these people to come and check out this live show. It was a taping, and it was gonna, yeah, it was a, a filming of this thing. And at the end. I found out Daft Punk was, I was like, seriously? Yeah. And so all these people, they come up to you and they go, oh my God, I grew up to your music. Yeah. Right? But yeah. their fans don't yeah. know who you are. Yeah, because for sure. It's, it's, it's a... For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's part of the game. So let's dig into that. But tell me how it started for you way back. Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Oh my God. Wow. No. No. I do not remember the first... No. That's a fuzzy... What about, what about like the first music that you just fell in love with? Motown, of yeah. course. I mean, that's, you know. Sure. I grew up in Detroit, so my mom is, was heavily. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was the, the soundtrack of the, of the late 60s. I was born in 68, so. What was the, um, so obviously, you know, Motown is, has affected every pocket in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but what was it like in Detroit? Like, we, we know it was like in, here in LA with, you know, West Coast hip hop, mm -hmm. meaning there's a community of people that were involved directly, right? So what was that like in Detroit being, you know, you were you were just after that real kind of Motown like era. Musically or? No, just like. Just in general. Like, culturally, like, like walking, you know, living in that city where all this I, is coming know, from. Well, you know, we, we grew up in the the, the, the neighborhood that we grew up in was bad, but not bad in the... Well, Detroit has layers. I mean, every city for does. For sure, right? Okay, degrees every city of... Right. Who's bad? Okay, are <laughs> you really bad? Or you damn, bro, you... Okay, we weren't in the thick of the fucking, like, yeah. it wasn't like going down like that, but it was still bad enough to where my mom said, you know what, I want to get these guys out of here. Yeah. So that was at, you know, sixth grade, we, we were able to... And... and Below the sixth grade, I mean, at my age, at our age, we weren't able to get into too much trouble, sure, right? Of course. So she Your caught kids. it right. I mean, she caught yeah. it right at the perfect time yeah. to get us out of the city. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we did get into some trouble though as kids, mm -hmm. just by being on the block with these with sure. these kids, right? Yeah. So, uh, and the, and the sad thing is that the majority of the people that we hung out with either died or went to right. yeah. Okay, so that's the whole, that's the same. For sure. Right, that's the same script for, for a lot of guys that grew up in the inner city. Yeah. So, um, but the cool thing was when she took us out of the city uh, and we went to the suburbs, somehow we started, our musical horizon kind of broadened. Mm. And right, that was right around the time when, um, Everybody knows the story about Mojo, right? Mm -hmm. You know Mojo? Do you know Mojo? Do you know the no. you don't know who Mojo is? No. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Techno would not be techno. Detroit Tech. I'm not lady. You're not talking about lady. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm surprised you don't know this story about Mojo. No. Mojo is probably no. Mojo is is considered the un. You have to Google him when you when it. Okay. Mojo is the unofficial conductor of who, who influenced a lot of the guys in Detroit. When I say a lot of the right? guys, I'm talking about the guys who started techno. Yeah. Derek, Kevin, and Juan, yeah. and me, and Jeff, and any, all those guys that are doing dance music. Mm -hmm. were Not only that, the whole city of Detroit was influenced by this guy named Mojo. Mojo was a, a radio disc jockey. He, okay. had, he had a show every night, and I forgot how many hours it was, but the cool thing about his, his show was it was open format. Yeah. And he was able to play whatever he wanted to play 
in within this mm -hmm. this time frame, yeah. right? So it was it was opposite of what other radio stations or distractors. Everything were doing. was programmed. Everything was programmed. Yeah. He didn't have that those constraints, right. so he was able to play B fifty twos, Gary Newman, mm -hmm. uh, Parliament Funkadelic, Prince. Da -da. Mojo was credited with breaking Prince in Detroit. Oh wow. Okay, so that's that's how influential he was. Yeah. So before techno even started, and before even Juan kind of started, Mojo was playing all this different electronic music on his show. Mm -hmm. So he was playing Kraftwerk and all, the, and I, I just mentioned all those other, yeah, all the all those other electronic bands from the '80s that black kids would never be exposed to. Yeah, he exposes to that. So. So if you take that mixture of craft work with those European influences and then you mix them up with Parliament and Funkadelic and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and you expose it to these young black kids, that's what actually kind of was the precursor to, musically, wow. to techno. Yeah. And I'm not the only one who says this. Every, anybody, sure. anybody that you ask, yeah. and the cool thing about Mojo was he had this, this mystique and he, nobody knew what he looked like. And so everybody, the whole idea was, and it was perfect, because, because the, his whole mystique for years was, what does Mojo, Mojo look like? And he had, I think the name, name of his show was The Mothership or something. And so every, uh, at the beginning of every show, this, this spaceship would land, uh -huh. and he would have this whole, his whole little spiel. He would say this whole thing, sure, sure. and then he would take you on this journey. Welcome to the Midnight Funk Association, the international Midnight Funk Association with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of members all over the metro. And it was the, the most amazing thing. So amazing. without Mojo, there probably would not have been techno right. the way that it started. Yeah. And, and, I, and I will put my life on that. That's amazing. And so like fast forward years later, Everybody realized, well, they knew back in the day, but everybody realized this, and they started, you know, saying that this guy was mm -hmm. the guy who, mm -hmm. who opens, opened us up. And this was, like, before Jeff Mills uh, did his thing. So Jeff, Jeff had a, a DJ show on, on, on Detroit Radio. Okay. And it was probably, and he was called The Wizard. Mm. And he was yeah, mixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was I've mixing, heard some of the old okay? tapes. Right? And he was yeah. mixing kind of hip-hop and right. some other stuff together. Yeah. And I was... That was not on Mojo's show, but it was on a, on a separate thing. Okay. And and so it was all right, right around that time. It was a perfect, perfect cook, perfect time yeah. for a genre to be born. Yeah. And it was the most amazing thing to see this as a kid. Right. In the in the tenth grade, eleventh grade, and and but not be aware of it. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not aware. Yeah, of course, you're not paying right? Yeah, art yeah. is art is art. It's gonna go where it goes, and yeah. you know, if you're gonna have some kind of constraints, that's gonna fuck it up. So. <laughs> I, so that's what, we, what what I saw, uh, and then I graduated in 1986. I already knew what house music was before I left uh -huh. Detroit, right? So because it was kind of being played on the radio, mm -hmm. uh, and then went away to to the Air Force in 1986, and then two years later said, "Fuck the Air Force! I want to be a stand-up comic," because that's you know that's my first love. Yeah, is so that I right? Call my, yeah. So that's okay, why I moved out to LA. So wait, I want, I want to talk about that, but I have a question. So. Um, because you're talking about, you know, just what's going on in Detroit. So, you know, the way we knew it out here, I grew up in San Francisco, mm. which had a similar 
uh, thing happening with as far as DJs on the radio, really breaking barriers and you know disco, hip hop, yeah. funk. So DJs or disc jockeys? Because disc just, jockeys. Okay, okay, I'm talking right, about. Okay, right. Right. Um, but you know, uh, the first time we heard about Detroit in that context was clear, mm -hmm. right? Juan Atkins, exactly. you know, Cybertron. Which, that's where he took which his... Which A, we didn't know was Detroit. Right, and right, B, right, right. we didn't know was techno. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was, you know, it, right, it, right. it was just a B-boy song. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. and then we learned later on, in fact, I wasn't, it wasn't until I was at Herb Magazine, uh -huh. and I was surrounded by all these techno mm -hmm. and house heads, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and then they, I learned it was the same guy, mm. which, you know, was... So guess where Juan took that record to, to be played? Mm. He took it to Mojo. I'm sure. And so Mojo was a guy who... Yeah played Juan Atkins, and that was before techno, the term techno was, was started. So what happened in the local scene? What did that record do? Okay, so there was scene? that, so during that, during that time before all this real formation of techno, like there was, like Mojo was doing his thing, The Wizard was on the radio, this is 84, yeah. 83, 84, 85, yeah, yeah. okay. That's right. We, we had these dance, <laughs> we had these, uh, these dance shows on TV, one was called The Scene, uh -huh. right? And yeah. so. It was basically Soul Train, yeah, yeah. Detroit style, right? And so on this show, you had all this, I don't know what you want to call it, booty me, whatever the fuck, yeah. whatever the, okay, it had the same, sure. do, do, Electro do, 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 do. right, there we go, whatever. okay, yeah. that's, so Juan cleared his stuff, clearly fit right. in with that, along with Kano, do you mm -hmm. know Kano? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm it's ready. a war, right, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm ready, right. all mm -hmm. that stuff, and then craft work with numbers, and, yeah. That was all being played alongside all that black music, and it was so just crazy. A, it was it was a perfect perfect melding of yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and it was fucking massively influential and key. I'm for, sure for us coming up with for us for them coming up with. Like, it's like you have a petri dish and you put uh -huh. <laughs> you put some in it and then you put a few other things in it and you see what it's going to grow into and it was just a perfect environment for that. So it's so interesting looking back. Like we can look back mm -hmm. and all this shit makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It lines up, right? Yeah, You're talking yeah. about craft work. So I'm, I'm a couple of years younger than you, but, you know, uh, I used to have a, a buddy. We would sit in the fifth grade and every Friday we would make our list of our top 20 records. Mm -hmm. And it was just Are stuff playing serious? on the radio. Like fifth grade? Yeah, yeah, fifth grade. We were... And, oh, and it was KSOL, the, the, the Soul Station mm. in San Francisco, and we would like figure out, and all of a sudden, my homeboy brought up the song Numbers. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is that, right? Mm. And, I'm, and so I go, found it somehow, mm. and I play it, and I'd never heard of Kraftwerk, yeah, yeah. and I had no idea that that style, and I was like, this is a, it's a dude saying numbers in different languages. Right, over. Right. I'm like, how is this even right, a song? Right, right. Right, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's a brilliant song, and yeah, it yeah. and and so my point is like, now we can look back at the history and how all these things yeah, influence each other. Right, right. But when you're in it, yeah, 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 you don't know any Planet of that. Rock. Especially I want to leave that out. Planet oh, Rock, Planet Rock all, that, sure. all that stuff that was in that same genre. Yeah, and it was all. <laughs> yeah, man, it was such an amazing time.
so wait, so uh, stand-up comedy. Yeah. So first of all, you said you, that was your first love. So how did you, uh, okay, what'd, you so, what'd you grow up to? Who'd you grow up to? I, I, like, you, know, every, you know, Richard Pryor and yeah. listen to Richard Pryor nonstop. And yeah. I wasn't a Bill Cosby fan. Thank the gods. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's funny. Uh, yeah, I grew up listening to, I mean, watching Saturday Night Live. I saw Eddie Murphy and was like, oh my God, I, I want to be Eddie Murphy. Because yeah. I can do all these uh, in person. Just like oh, really? Eddie. I'm literally like Eddie Murphy. Is that right? But you just take the name out and just uh-huh. put my name in, right? That's, I'm talking about impersonations and okay. stuff. But I wouldn't purposely go on stage and try to be Eddie Murphy. Sure. But that was my thing. So I, when I went away to the Air Force, I was like, fuck this, I don't want to do this. Wait, my, so were you doing that on stage? No, no, I mean, no, were, no, you, no. were you going out? No, no, no. no. Uh-uh. So I went away to the Air Force with this house music. Uh-huh. I met a guy from Chicago who was actually my roommate, okay. just by chance. He had turntables and all yeah. this house music. I was like, oh, In the shit. Air Force? In the Air Force in Man. Florida. It was just weird, like, oh, uh-huh. shit, you're from Chicago? Oh, shit, house music, house music, oh. So we hooked up, we got really cool, yeah. playing all this house music, and then I got tired, and I was like, you know what? I want to go back home to Detroit and pursue comedy. Ma, I want to come home and do comedy. Okay, let's pause there. <laughs> Black mothers don't like that shit. Well, what you mean you want to come home and do comedy? Fuck that shit. You better stay in the Air Force and get some benefits, that yeah, kind of shit. Of course. Right? That mom, Black mothers ain't trying to hear that shit. My mom, opposite. Oh, yeah? She said, bring it, baby. Nice. And I was like, are you serious? And I had never known that I got my sense of humor from my mother. Okay. I had never known up until that point that my mom, she told me during that time that she wanted to be a comic when she was a kid. Uh. So that's, it made sense why she wow. was. And so right before I got out, she sent me this thick old envelope of material. And I was like, what the hell is this? I thought it was oh, a letter. Oh, is that right? And I opened it up, I was like, why is this thick? It was jokes. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So it was really cool. So I went, I knew, I went back to Detroit yeah. to pursue comedy. Yeah. And I started slowly doing it. Yeah. And then I heard this weird sound in the clubs. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is not, it's not house music because it's more electronic. Like right. it's, it's more, it were, I was like, what is this? And so I started going into the clubs in downtown Detroit and met Richie Houghton. Mm. He was at a club. Mm-hmm. And me and Richie, instantly like clicked and this is before he started even doing music he was just yeah. he was discovering it just like i was i mean he wasn't playing all in this was 88 so derek and those guys they already had they were releasing stuff yeah and it was amazing it was like what the hell is that i didn't know who it was or who derek was or the, and i was like what the hell is this and uh richie uh oh there was a, a another radio program on the radio every Friday and it was this crazy ass sound it was amazing and I was like hearing some influences of house they were playing some house music but it was other more weird electronic emotive strings and shit I was like what the fuck it was Derek May he had mm-hmm. a radio show mm-hmm. and he was playing a lot of his own shit yeah mixed in with all the other Detroit style stuff right. uh, Kevin Saunders and all that kind of stuff yeah. so then the comedy stuff went on the back burner okay because Richie but, and I, but you were out doing clubs. I was, I was not doing the clubs. I was actually taking lessons. Oh, okay. I, had, I was taking okay. classes okay. on how to structure jokes and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And before that even, before I could even get into it, the music, and I got really w- wide open. My eyes yeah. like, ooh, music. Yeah. Uh, and then so that's when I stopped the comedy thing. But the reason why I moved out to L.A. was to get back into comedy. Is that right? Yeah. So when I moved out here. Yeah. I got into comedy, okay. and then I started doing the clubs. What was your, 
Man, I started you remember your my... first set? Oh yeah. Is that the improv? How'd you do? It was excellent. What was it? Was there a joke? Was there a? It, 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 so so was, there, me, so was there a joke that got the? So the cool, the reason why and this is let me tell you why I did it. The reason why I chose the improv, the improv was because they were offering. A, uh, a, a By the way, we're pointing because the improv's right down the street. Oh right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they were somebody. Was, I forgot the, same, the the girl, the lady comic who who it was because it was years ago. Uh, she was famous and she was doing a course. And the reason why I wanted to do this course, not because I didn't know what to do, was because at the end of the course they would film. Yeah, they put you on stage. They would film you on stage yeah. at the improv. Oh, so cool. that was perfect. <laughs> so nice. I was like, yes. So it was perfect. Yeah. It was. And I got, and then so I took that video and I took it around to the other clubs yeah. and got showcases that way. And I was at the Laugh Factory oh, doing nice. showcases. Nice. And, but the only bad thing about it was uh, at the Laugh Factory, you only can do showcases like once every six weeks or something mm. like that. So that was kind of conflicting with me going on the road. And sure. like, so I was like, oh, in this weird position about, okay, do I cancel the gig, right. make no money, and then wait and go on stage for three, four minutes. And, yeah. and hopefully... I wonder if you could do the two, like could you do a, a comedy set, could you go on the road, like do a comedy set, and mm. then go out and, and DJ that night? A lot of people night. were asking me that stuff, and I, I don't think so. Yeah, that's like a, a, a pro could do it, but right, not right, me. Right, right. I'm a logical motherfucker, I can't do that, because I don't like, really? Because I would, like some, some promoters were like, uh, Especially in, I don't know why, the UK and Scotland and Ireland. Like, really? You want me to do a, a, a comedy? No, that's the. Oh, like, like at a nightclub? Yeah, at a oh, comedy wow. club. I was yeah, like, yeah. are you seriously? Yeah. No, nah, I'm, I'm not. My chops ain't that, that hot, right? <laughs> so that was actually, I haven't been on stage in a few years because my last show was so fucking bad. Was I, it? Oh, but it happens to everybody. That's of the course. problem. You're supposed to fucking fail. You. You are supposed to fail in life with yeah. everything, yeah. right? And then that's where, that's where all the lessons are, right? You right. learn the lessons. And like a dumbass, I did chocolate sundaes mm -hmm. at the Laugh Factory. Mm -hmm. Do you know chocolate sundaes? Yeah, yeah, okay. of course. That's not, my, that's not my normal thing, you know what I mean? Right, I'm, right, I'm right. a black guy, but right, you know, right. that's not my crowd. I'm, no, I'm, that's a different room. Oh, sure. boy. That's a different room. And I did not... I, I was like a, a long time. I was like a like a like a bond chick. Like, oh my god, Sunday, of course I'll do it. <laughs> and I was like, that'll be easy, right? And no, it was fucking packed with brothers and sisters. And there was celebrities and shit there. Right. Bro, I got on stage and I fucking froze. Yeah. I mean, literally brain just farted. Just like <laughs> it just completely forgot everything. Wow. Fuck. Cause I had never been in front of a Group of A, not uh, not that many people. Right. I mean, just it was so packed. People. Yeah, the room like, is packed. Oh, yeah. and then it was my people, yeah. and I know you. It's like the Apollo. Like if you don't come with it, they hey. go, man. So I, I I just I forgot my train of thought, and it, I swear to God, it was two minutes, but it was probably 15, 20 seconds of silence. Right. And then I remember where I was. I, I, then I woke up out of this this <clears throat> thing, and then I kind of finished. Then it was over. Right. And so I got. I was sweating like a. Sure. Bruh. So I got stage, and then the host was like, "Y'all got to give it up to this shit is really hard." And that was it. Yeah. I fell off the horse, and I was like, "Fuck that! I'm going to Paris anyway. I don't need this shit. I got gigs in Paris, Milan, motherfucker." And it was it was a it was a cop out. Right. That that crutch that I had. DJing stopped me from yeah. getting back on stage. So now I still have this burning desire to get back on stage, sure. and I'm now wiser than I was before, like then. So the rule, if I understand, I've never st stood up and done comedy. I'm uh, I'm terrified of that idea. Hey, yeah. But 
for what I've heard talking to comics is like you're supposed to get right back out. You're supposed to literally right. get back on next stage. day or I mean, literally. Soon as you can. That, get that's back the out. reason why why all these talk show hosts they go to small comedy clubs right, right, right. and they work their jokes out there because yeah. they, they have the same reaction. Motherfuckers don't laugh and yeah. you're like, okay, that ain't funny. Right. And then right, and then you okay. So what made me feel better about it was like maybe a year later I saw this um, this documentary uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He mm -hmm. did his little. Mm -hmm this movie about Comedian. getting back into comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens on stage? I already knew this. Right. right. What happens on, he forgot his fucking set. Right. But he's such a, you know, a pro, they just, they wing it until they find their, well, what the fuck, what was I gonna say? Right. What was I gonna, and then he kind of riffed off that and then he found his place. Okay, that's a professional. Like yeah. for me, because I didn't have a support system of comics mm -hmm. that I was hanging out with that say, oh, motherfucker, get back on stage. That wasn't shit, I did that shit. I crashed last night or bombed last night. Right. I didn't have, I was just, I just freaked the fuck out and went home and got on the plane. Sure. And rocked the crowd and came home and was like, see, yeah, I don't need that, right? Okay. So now I'm still hungry as ever <laughs> to get back on stage. Yeah. Uh, but now it's still like, you know, my overhead is pretty high. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> so I, it's like, my mom was like, you got to make a decision. You, do you want to fucking have all this shit that you call success, material shit? Right. Or do you want to... Studio for the, the highest that, gear. And then drive and Porsche and shit. Yeah, yeah. And go through all these... Expensive ass divorces once every three years. <laughs> as long as you keep them one at a time. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, mother! Uh, so, yeah. So, I think now because of the YouTube explosion, all these other different yeah. ways that you can present yourself, sure. you got all these different other platforms, it's easier to do it now than it was years ago when I last was on stage. That's so fascinating. Um, but the cool thing was, you know, you know, Xing out the the bomb of Chocolate Sundays. I was doing great at yeah. Laugh Factory. That's why they yeah. kept get. That's why Jamie, the owner, kept giving me these showcases. Yeah. And you know, every Tuesday was when I would do the showcase. And so the oh, and then I had some. Uh, I had a friend who was on Felicity. Do you know uh -huh. Felicity, the TV show? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. an actress, and she came down and she was she was in a couple of movies. She was like, I can't. I, I, that is the hardest fucking thing. It is. It's yeah. literally the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Because as, as an actress or an actor, you're on stage, you're right. reciting whatever yeah, the script is. That ain't your word. You don't give a, I ain't offended if you don't laugh at this. I didn't write it. Okay. As a comic, you have to fucking say the joke. And, and if they don't laugh, you got to keep rolling. Because that's some personal shit when you write a joke. For and, sure. And they don't laugh. You don't get the reaction that you got last night or whatever. And you're like, what? And then, but you got to still keep going. That's it's also the, It's the only place I can think of where people go to hate. Exactly, right? Some like, people go to not laugh. Yeah, yeah. Right? They right. yeah, make me laugh. It's part of the thing, right? That's, what you, that's it, motherfucker? You know, you don't get that when you go to the theater. Right. You don't get that, <coughs> exactly. you know. Yeah. Not everybody's happy with their meal, but it, but generally people go out to enjoy yeah, their yeah, meal, sure. right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a tough And it's, you have this band. You have, you know, if you, when you go, if you go out long enough, you have the, the band of brothers that you hang out with and yeah. you kind of support you. Actually, I was, <laughs> I did a, a night with Michael Richards before that shit oh, really? happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Not was, that night. No, no, no. It was at, that would have been at, fun. at the improv. It was me, him, and another buddy, and, and he was like, yeah, this is, this is life. Just like fucking Kramer. Just like Kramer. Sure. This is the life, isn't it? And I was like, wow, we hang out with fucking Kramer. And then he fucking did that shit. I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. But yeah, that's that, that's my main passion. So yeah. I, I, one day soon, and actually I have, t I, and I've never stopped writing mm. jokes. Yeah. So I have a ton of jokes that's not 
you know, a lot of sometimes a lot of people write dated material mm -hmm. where you only mm -hmm. could say it like like I, I ain't gonna be telling jokes about Nixon. Right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, Nixon was an asshole, right? That's not so my shit is more I can say about so I, it's not like a intentional thing where I say okay, I'm not gonna write dated material. I'm just, right. I, yeah, just yeah, what I talk about is, is, right. is you can put it, you can drop it in any fucking decade and it'll still yeah. it still should work. If you're enjoying this one, let's stay on the Detroit techno. Uh, theme, go back in the Rebel Radio archives and check out my interview with Josh Glazer. Josh and I worked together at Herb Magazine where he was the editor. He's now the guy bringing you the uh, Coachella Camp Magazine. He's an old school Detroit techno guy and um, he's also the host of the Rave Curious podcast. You can check out Rave Curious on all your podcast places. Uh, but of course, go back and, and check out my interview with Josh after you finish up here with Kenny Larkin. Do you, um, have you ever thought about, do you approach music the same way as comedy or are they, no, are those they are different? Two, no, it's a bit different. Yeah. Because you're tapping different parts of your brain, I think. Mm. I, okay, you're still on the creative side, but still, you're still drawing from, with jokes, you're drawing from experiences, real okay. experiences, right? And then you kind of exaggerate them. Well, some right. comics, right? So you kind yeah. of over-exaggerate them and you make, sure. it, make them like a make caricature. It funny. Right, you make it make it funny. But yeah. you got to make it relatable to people because that's what comedy is, right? right? I can go to India, Mumbai, and tell a joke about growing up in the city, right? And they'd be like, motherfucker, this is not Detroit. I don't right. get it. What the hell? So you got to have some kind of relatable thing. Music is totally different. Like, um, I can't go into my studio. I've had the studio probably two and a half years and probably written only maybe two albums worth of material. But mm. I've done a bunch of remixes, but that's how weird I am with music. Like some people can come into the studio and sit down and just like, right. they'll have Bang this formula, and just boom. And some <coughs> other people are they're just like, they're not like that. I'm not, I'm not coded like that. Like I can sit there for literally days and not come up with shit. But then when I find my zone, it's like, it's like fucking, uh, cruise control right. and you're not even aware <laughs> it's just a weird thing hmm. and I just my friend was telling me the other day about S Salvador Dali mm -hmm. and how a lot of these artists they get inspired or what they do to stay to get in that zone and I didn't know that Salvador Dali had this routine that he would go through do you mm. know about this no no okay what he did was he had this plate okay you don't know about this no I mean, he had a plate it was it was full of acid no <laughs> he had a plate that he had on a floor and he would they actually it wasn't just him it was a lot of famous artists and uh people that are inventors and stuff. they would have this plate and they would they would take these 20 minute naps mm -hmm. they would they were basically sleep deprived right and they would sure. they would bring that on they what they would do was they would have a coin they put the plate on the floor have this coin and then not off, the coin would fall, dropping the plate, they would wake they up and start work. working. Wow. That's the perfect, for me, that was always the perfect time to work. Is that right? Was right after I woke up. Yeah. Because your, your senses yeah, yeah, yeah. are all there. Yeah. So you're fucking. Ooh, I'm the same ooh. way I like to work. Okay, like so that's the perfect, so that's my point. Like, you don't, you wouldn't wake up as a comedian and do that because you might not make sense with, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. With words. You, you, sure. Okay, but with music, it's amazing. Interesting. So, so for me, like, the, and I'm, I'm notorious for being really late with uh, projects and stuff, missing <laughs> deadlines. But, you know, at the end, 
at the end of the day, like when people, when I give people the project, they're like blown away, and yeah. it's so it, it it works. But for as a as a business thing, no, it doesn't. Like, cause I sometimes I piss off a lot of people for for being so late. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, uh, you know, as so I've you know reading about you online, like definitely, I've seen you described as as quality over quantity, mm, mm. right? Because yeah. yeah, yeah. you haven't had a lot of releases. No, no, no. no. But you know. The stuff you put out yeah. has been, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. very highly regarded. So the, the idea is that is that is to change that. Yeah. Uh, bring the quality down. Bring the quality way down. Yeah, yeah. And just that's throw good. all kinds of shit on the yeah, wall. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Left hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Th that wasn't intentional either. Over the span of my almost thirty years into this shit, like uh -huh. doing this music, it wasn't. A, it wasn't. Me saying, okay, I'm only going to do one every ten years. That's right. the that's the ticket. No, that's, <laughs> it just happened to be that way. And then traveling as a DJ, you kind of you kind of ride that wave. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do that shit, but like people who really got their shit together, they obviously don't do that. They go, okay, I got I got this project. We got to put it out. We got to do the tour. Da, da, da. Uh, but the kind of the the model has changed for music though. Right. I, in the, right. The whole sure. it's all completely changed. Back in the day, you would do an album. And then you go on the road to support this album. Actually, now it's reversed. Yeah. To get on the road, you right. need. You gotta have a record. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. It's like it's like a business card. Right. Or flyer. The album. The music. It's kind of sure. almost throwaway. Kind of almost. Right. Dance music. Yeah. Okay, with da within dance music, because a lot of people don't do, a lot of techno producers they don't do um, things that you're gonna remember a week later, like right. the, the, the track. So that's my point. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to do shit that's. More hooky, more memorable. So the sure. remixes I've done in the last, I don't know, ten years, they've all been like that hooky thing. You go, oh, that's Kenny. I can hear Kenny. Mm -hmm. So even, so I'm tr because that's one of the reasons I spent all this money on this gear in my studio was because I wanted to like kind of up my output. Yeah. Um, but how do you how do you, how do you do that without feeling like you're you're kind of compromising the process? I don't know. Uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, so so how do what is the process? to get in that zone for you. I mean, I think, you know, we were talking about earlier, like my observation is that part of the process for you is is investing in gear, mm. which I think we don't notice as mm. listeners, mm. but you notice. Like it inspires, you get a new piece of gear, right, that right. inspires you to go use it. It's, it, it's a double-sided coin there. Like yeah. it's, it's bullshit on one coin. Like, yeah. okay, I need this. No, you don't. You don't need shit, right? When I first started back in the day, I had two pieces of gear and right. you did your track and you, everything. For sure. Now, oh, I need, okay. But on the flip side, my, my mentality is if it does inspire you to work, then get it. Like, don't, of course. don't, don't, yeah. why, why bottle your, why put your creativity in a box and try to right. fucking structure it? Don't. So, especially if, you know, a lot of people, you know, when I get a lot of new gear, I, I post about it and people go, really? You need another synthesizer? Why do you need another synthesizer? People get mad. How you gonna get fucking mad? Cause homeboy got a new synth. Right. Why are you mad at me? Right. Right. And they get mad. We so I'm like, because I because it inspires, it makes me sit down and work. You look at the lights, you go, ooh, lights, pretty lights and knobs and shit. Whereas some people, they they have their laptop and, <laughs> and they have a little tiny MIDI keyboard and that's all yeah. they need with all sure. their plugins and that does it for them. Me, I'm more of a touchy feely guy. I like to compare it to I like to compare it to porn. Like, do you want your, do you want to just watch porn on a laptop and you want a bunch of bitches in the room and you, and you touching the knobs? Hey, what's up, girl? You doing your thing? Right. But, but you get the same result. But it's like, 
Or it's like a... Uh, the process is very different. Oh, oh right. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's like a yeah. flight simulator. You got a flight simulator on the, on the laptop, or you can right. buy the real plane and, right. and drive the... Okay. Yeah. That's So for me, like I, I like that. I don't feel like I have to go out and buy something every two months. No, but if there's something that that's going to up my creativity and productivity and, mm -hmm. and make me more efficient in the studio, why not? Fuck it. So that's my opinion. I, I, I don't... I don't I, I, my, my intention is not to say to kids that are coming up who wants to do music, you got to do the same thing. That's not what you have to do. You, sure. you start small. Actually, I, I did a post last week on Facebook about, I forgot which piece of gear that I bought. I forgot what it was. Anyways, the guy said, he said, oh, that's amazing piece of gear. I'll never be able to, how am I going to start doing music? I will never be able to. I said, bro. Because you don't have that gear. You can't afford I said, it or whatever. Don't, I said, don't. Don't shoot for what I'm what I what I have. I said start yeah. small. You don't have to start. Don't get discouraged because you've seen other people buying all the. Because all perception, like social media, sure. is this perceived idea about. Don't do that. I said don't start. And then all these other people, fans, started chiming in, saying to the guy, "Yeah, just get this for two hundred dollars." And it was cool to see them. Definitely. See other people realize that and yeah. know what I'm doing is not necessarily the same path that you should take mm -hmm. because, you know, if you can afford it, you would probably end up buying it. If you can't afford it, then you have to figure something else out. Just Absolutely. like everybody else does, yeah. right? So, yeah. It's a, it's a complicated process. It's not it's not like something you can like put your finger on and say, "Okay, this is what inspires me and this is always going to be the thing that inspires me." And music, I mean, being creative isn't, isn't like that. It's, it should be this this free, wild thing that's morphing into this and just sure. not constrain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the minute you try to box it up and try to sell it and, and go, this is what creativity is. Like, nah, it's, for me, it's, it's a, I'm on a totally different plane than, than just. So for me, I don't, you know, I don't make music, but I write. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that uh, I have to write some stuff that I hate and throw it away, mm -hmm. and then I write something that I like. And I don't know if you, if you have that type of experience. Uh -huh. Hate's maybe a strong word, but I, but I always write something, and I'm like, oh, that's no good. Uh, oh, I thought right? you, you intentionally write something. No, 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 oh, no. Okay, right, but, right, right. But right. the first, not even the first draft, because it might be something totally different. Okay. But I kind of have to get like the garbage out of my system. That's kind of, actually, that's kind of how, like, I'm, I'm doing a few remixes now. Yeah. And I always end up using the, the 15th version. Uh -huh. <laughs> I can do 15, 14 different versions and go right. at the last one, this is the one, right? And yeah. then, actually I don't throw away the other ones, I, I shelve them yeah. and then go back to them later. Because what I usually do when I do a remix is uh, they send me the stems and I go, okay, I'm not using any of that. <laughs> right. And then I just use some little tiny snippet and then rewrite the whole song. Yeah. And that's why people contact me to do these remixes because they know I'm gonna fucking rewrite the whole song. Right. But it's gonna take some time, you know. Yeah. And I say, like, look, um, it's gonna take a minute. And they, okay, no, 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 we're cool, we're cool. And then two weeks later, they're like, are you finished? And I'm like, motherfucker, I told you. It's gonna take <laughs> time. No, I mean, when I say time, I mean six months, bro. <laughs> and when my first kid comes, man, then I'm a. Right. So yeah, if you if you if you figure out the 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 the, the formula for being constantly creative, like, let me know because it's it's a hard one. It's it's like a. I don't know, it's like a, this elusive thing. I can be, like I said, I can be down there every day, but like get two songs finished in a week. Maybe, yeah. And then throw the song, one of the songs away and go, ah, that's not going to work. Yeah. And it's dance music. It's not like I'm writing for Britney Spears or whatever. I don't know, that music is is equally 
Oh, for I, sure. I don't want to say disposable because that sounds more negative, but I think Absolutely. like... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But right? there's like, more, there's I, think, more. I think music in general has gone in that direction. Dance music yeah. has been there for a long time. Cool thing about dance music is it's one of the only genres that allows old people to still be in the game. Mm. Right? Like, I started 30 years ago. Right. And I, I'm in control of however much I want to be on the road or right. what you want. Like, you're literally in control of that shit. But we, the only bad thing about us doing it, and when I say us, I mean people of color, is that we don't get exposed to those high dollar. Sure. I just saw something two days ago about Calvin Hare, like two hundred eighty oh, yeah. million dollar deal. Stupid money. In Vegas. I, right. That, that that's not that does not compute. You know when they when 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 astrophysicists say there's like there's like a billion different universes and you like you can't wrap your head around that you're like what do you yeah. mean there's a bill how the fuck do they know that shit sure. <laughs> so yeah it's like how the hell i don't understand that but they did it somebody interviewed quincy jones a couple of years i don't know if it was rolling stone or whatever and he completely like dog oh yeah 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 do you remember that yeah i do he completely was... dog techno he was like that fuck i hate fucking techno and they asked him why and he said because it's a it's because they a they put all these studio musicians out of work because everybody's using synthesizers and shit, number mm -hmm. one. And number two, when you go on on tour, it's just two CDs and a mixer. Right. And they're making 50, 60 million dollars. And then you got these other people like normal music not even making that. And it's sure. huge productions. And uh, and he's like, I hate that shit. It's like, wow. I mean, I think, look, it's not his generation. Yeah, yeah. Right? He didn't have that experience like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we had in, in terms of time and place. Yeah. Um, so I, I, can, I understood what he said. I understood. I can totally angle. understand Oh, that. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, it's... I think for me, too, like, you know, <clears throat> I actually have sort of the opposite experience. I love going to see DJs. Uh, I don't really love going to see live music. Right. For, with some exceptions. Yeah, yeah. But in gen just to see a band just because I happen to like yeah, yeah. the album or whatever... Yeah, yeah. I don't need to see them do it over but that's in so, front of me. But the, but that that alone is that alone is mind blowing because okay, when you say you're gonna go see a live act, usually you're talking about rock or something, right? Maybe or you know well, I mean okay. Yeah. My point is like, can you? Name I mean, live hip hop is generally not good. Okay, I, that's not. I'm usually, trying, I ain't talking about rap. Let's leave rap out of it. Okay, that's not a band. When you say a right, band, right, right. Okay, sure. There ain't no black bands like Earth, Wind, and Fire, like those kind of bands. Well, I would go see Earth, Wind, and Fire. Definitely, okay, that's what's you know, my point. Like, we're talking about Motown. Right, you know, modern day. You don't have that kind of stuff. I saw Smokey last year. Smoke. Oh, really? It was one of the best shows I've ever seen okay. in my life. But he's Maybe still the from best. that. From that, yeah. I'm talking about today. Like there is nothing like that. No. No, like. So it's normal for, like you just said, oh, go see. Th like this girl came into my studio the other day. She goes, she's from the other studio that's in my. And she started listing off all this Calvin Harris, and she right. started naming all these guys. I was like, who the f I don't know who these guys, Marshmallow, and all this. I was like, what? Who would this? And I Googled them, and it's like top 10, and it's yeah. like, I don't even know who those people are. So right. it's just amazing to see these guys, these kids, they're making tens more millions of dollars than like these huge acts that for are sure. doing pop. It's yeah. insane. And who would who would have thought that like, fifteen years ago that it would blow off so hard in the states? Because it's yeah, like, they used to give us the finger. They still For give sure. us the finger, right? Dance For music, sure. the yeah. genre, before this EDM thing blew up, mm -hmm. and then now it's this fucking massive genre. So so did that affect you in any way? No, that's. I mean, obviously so. that's not what you do, but from the outside. No, like, I mean, I'm the outside what, doesn't understand the difference between EDM and, and tech. Well, I'm gonna right? tell you who affected most. 
the most, and it's the guys who started. Okay, yeah. so I'm in this multi-thread text every day. Yeah. Derek May, Kevin Sarnison, Carl Craig, Stacey Pullen. So we all talk old man shit. You know, uh -huh. old people bitch about yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, so of course. What do you think is the main topic? <laughs> Marshmallow. Well, no, it's that I mean, kind it's of not, thing. No, it's not right, him, the, the yeah. fact that, oh, we don't, how come we don't make the money? Right. That, uh, those three guys, the guys who started, because they, they started this genre and they don't get those same kind of opportunities. Right. And it's too late. I mean, how can you, like... It uh, is too late. Kids don't care about where the music came from. They just care about the experience that they get when they go to these big-ass shows and they right. see the lights. And well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what you all should be doing. Not that it's my place to tell you anything, but is collaborating with those people, right? I'm those cool. I'm those people yeah, that, sure. yeah, yeah. you know, we, we started conversations saying like, the fans might not know you, but the yeah, artists yeah. know you, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you've inspired them. Yeah. And when I say you, I'm talking about all, everybody on that text, yeah, yeah. right? Has inspired these next generations. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you saw the Tony Bennett Mm -hmm, collaborated sure. with, I forget Lady who Gaga. it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you saw Nat King Cole and, yeah, yeah, and sure. right? Like, that's how generations get bridged. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And so, you know, that takes a bit of putting everybody's ego to the side. Yeah. Right? And, and, uh... Kevin did a remix for... Uh, who was that? It was like two years ago. It was a huge act. And, oh, it was, um... Uh, actually, that was an older act. I think it was... I forgot who it was, but anyways, mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. That's how you bridge genres, right. too. Of, of those circles yeah they know who we are they all know who we are of course. who we are right yeah and so this studio that i have downtown there's four studios in my big suite right mm -hmm. they did so there's one guy who's uh he, he's a really uh, i don't want to say he's not famous like bob clear mountain famous but he's a mixing engineer so mm -hmm. he mixes down like rihanna and mm -hmm. snoop and big sean all those big hits yeah beyonce and so i see his clients going in and out yeah and then they come and see my setup. And they're like, what the fuck? Who are you? You got all this shit. Like, because yeah. mix, the mixing engineer doesn't have any. He has a laptop. I'm sorry. He has his computer, Pro Tools, and a few pieces of gear, and that's it. I'm the one with the, with the and he was, like, doing all the big studios down the street. Mm -hmm. He was, mm -hmm. right. So here I am with this high-end setup. And they're, like, curious about, okay, what do you do? So I right. tell them, and then they're curious and interested. Oh, and, totally. and the, the funny thing is that they're only... Exposure to dance music obviously is the EDM shit. Yeah. So they're like shocked that there's a b black people do dance music. Are you serious? EDM? Like no, 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 not EDM. And it's not EDM. It's more tech. Da, da. So I got to right. run down this whole spiel, yeah. and then they go do their investigation. So eventually, somehow that's gonna those they're gonna cross. Um, I, I don't know how how it would. I, I think I would still need some kind of representation to, to make that happen though. Sure. I mean, even though they come in and out all yeah, the time. Yeah, sure, of course. Here. Yeah. But it would be cool. Like, I mean, that's one of the reasons, uh, another reason why I bought all that high-end shit. It's mm -hmm. not just to do techno. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you could do that on some laptop speakers. Right. Snare roll and be out, right? I, I'm so anti-snare roll, I refuse to put a snare roll in my track. <laughs> so what, what's inspiring you now, musically? 
man, like to not listen to music. Okay. Yeah, that for me. But I'm just saying, like, so if okay, you know, I, you I, talked I, about early on, it was Mojo, yeah, it was yeah, Kraftwerk, yeah, 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 it was yeah. this energy, right, right, that was informing your music. Yeah. Has that is it still the same or has well, that changed? Now I fall back to you know I'm old now I'm 50 mm. I fall back to jazz shit right. Yeah. When I do listen to music, it's it's mainly jazz or what, or what kind of jazz? Miles and mm-hmm. shit like that, like the real shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, but. Current stuff, I ain't got no time for that shit. Like that hip hop, I don't know what the fuck that shit is. Okay, you I, you you can you can stand back and look at it as a spectator and go, huh? Like you, you you some of the stuff you can get with for a minute, then you can go, okay. When you start, if you listen to it for for a, a portion of time, then you go, okay, this is definitely a formula. I mean, it's, right. <laughs> they're yeah, literally sure. just taking the one guy out and putting them with the other guy, and for then sure. you have the same style of it, like that yeah. trap shit. It's all the same for me. Yeah. And for me, that's really super boring. I, I, there's been some stuff technically that I've been like, oh, okay, from a producer standpoint or from an artist goal, oh, that's a cool-ass sound, how they pitch that, the hi-hat down. When they, yep. <laughs> right, right. Sure. And then, but, but as far as being inspired by that, no. I'm like Jeff. Like I, Jeff intentionally does not try to listen to other dance music, mm. right? Because then you, you kind of you get influenced. Yeah. In some way, directly yeah, yeah, or indirectly, sure. by other stuff. So I, that's what I tried to do is to not listen to a lot of new stuff because then you know I just fall back on on my own stuff to to get me to do this music okay so when I but if I were to do a remix I might get some kind of thing off of the remix but as far as I listen to music every uh, radio every day no I'm I'm more wrapped up in this stupid ass politic bullshit bro Bro, I'm so I'm so gone in this shit yeah and that, honestly, does that does that impact your music? Oh my god! I, it's like anything impacts creativity like that. Anything like that—a a divorce or a separation from your sure, girl. Like some people can cut that off and go into the studio and knock that shit out, right? Well, maybe because they paying five hundred bucks an hour for the studio, so they ain't got no choice. But when you own the studio and right. you like, and you you can do things at your leisure, yeah, everything affects me. Like so now, like I I can't get away from this shit. Like it's so engrossing. So, so how did, like, you know, rock and roll in a lot of ways was protest music. Um, uh, obviously not all of it, but there was, that was a big part of what happened in the 60s, mm. 70s with rock. Hip-hop was protest music, um, you know, soul to some extent. Uh, is, that, is it that type of influence that you think it's having, or is it more subtle than that? You know, the, the politics? No, yeah, yeah. Right, traditionally, I guess what I'm saying is traditionally, music has been an yeah, outlet for, for people sure. to express their right, outrage right, right. Yeah, about yeah, political, yeah, yeah. social issues. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, I, but I, to, to, are you still I, seeing that? Or are you experiencing Not with dance that? music. I don't think not with dance music. Because uh-huh. the, 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 the key thing that's different between dance music and all, also all those other genres that you mentioned is that they have lyrics yeah. in these other genres. Sure. Techno doesn't really have. But we can still bring the same amount of people together, right? Right. Yeah. But it's it's lyricless, yeah. usually. Right? Absolutely. So you don't really have the same kind of impact that you would if you had, you know, I don't know what some of those old rock lyrics songs and they're fucking get them going. Sure. We just have this. Yeah, fucking harder. <laughs> you go to Germany, you know, fucking play harder, harder. Like, bro, no, I don't play that hard. Right. I play funky. <laughs> yeah, German is like hard. Well, uh, Spain is the same. Like, is that the, right? the, the kids. That's the, like you said. Okay, so this might be a substitution, 
because you know you don't they don't have punk music and all that kind of shit anymore mm -hmm. but they have mm -hmm. this hard style music and they want it hard to drink in they're fucking on drugs and they want just fucking but the girls you know they don't want that shit so you right. gotta i'll play for the girls more sure. than the guys right but i kind of go up and down with my, with my which is which is like we associate that more with chicago than detroit yeah yeah, yeah traditionally sure. right yeah yeah for sure uh, like my man who passed away yesterday keith like mm -hmm. he was like that was well yeah. i mean even then well okay his lyrics were pretty but they weren't like political they were more right <laughs> smack my bitch up sure <laughs> i'm the yeah. fire sata it was anger it was, it was yeah it, so he had that teenage, angst, teenage angst for sure for right sure. and you saw yeah. it in the in the you know i saw some clips of, of the the festivals that they did yeah and they were fucking amazing they were playing in front of well they were at glastonbury all those huge festivals i played at glastonbury but it wasn't like the main stage sure yeah so what's the vision now you you got you're, you're back in the studio yeah. You're thinking about some I, comedy. I just, where, where do you well, want it to go? I finished three remixes. Okay. Which ones? Uh, this guy named Guti. I don't know if you know Guti. No. Guti, do you know if you've heard of Martinez, brother? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mar they have a label, and this guy Guti is a. Uh, is he from Argentina? I think he's from Argentina. Anyway, he's on, his, on the Martinez Brothers. Okay. Label. He's a pianist. Nice. Jazz pianist. Oh, cool. And he's, he does dance music. He's pretty big. And so I did, a, did two remixes for him. Nice. And that's coming out on Record Store Day. Mm. And then I just finished up this this other remix for this guy. Uh, it's, uh, it's called You and You and Me. And then I have a Kenny Larkin single that's coming out on Kevin Saunders' label. Nice. Uh, it's called Step Back. And it was awesome. supposed it was supposed to come out like a year ago. And it was a, a snafu in the plan. It was a it was a copyright issue. It happened. So right. And so I had to deal with that shit. And then, right. And then I'm actually working on another album too. So. Oh, cool! This year, uh, this month was my 25th anniversary nice. for my first album that I released on Warp 25 yeah. years ago. Wow. So I just did a distribution deal with this con this uh, this company over in England, and so they want me to re uh, re mm -hmm. re release this mm -hmm. this album. So nice. So this is probably 2019. Like 2019 is probably going to be the biggest That's year asthma? as far. Yeah. You gonna re release? Nice. Yeah. It's gonna be the biggest release schedule for me uh -huh. as far as music goes because I've never released as much music. Great. So the so the, the idea is to, to kind of keep the momentum yeah, going yeah. And, and and constantly release stuff. So in the meantime, yes, I'm gonna definitely get back into the comedy. I just don't know how I'm gonna approach it or how, how I'm gonna do it. Sure. It won't be the traditional way though because right. that didn't work and it still won't work. Definitely not chocolate Sunday. Not cho fuck chocolate Sundays. <laughs> I don't like chocolate. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean like just going to the yeah, clubs yeah, and hitting yeah. all the clubs. Like that's not going to be the sure. venue. That's not going to be the way to, to right. get where I want to be. It's going to have to be some other different way. Yeah. So that's okay, it, bro. I, I got a, a lightning round before I, we get out of here. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? Oh, Paris. Yeah. Yeah, Paris is the shit. For the honeys. For sure. Moscow's the shit for the. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. I never been. That whole region, bro. That's, yeah. <laughs> that whole. Anyway, I'm. I don't want to come off as some kind of asshole. Well, you know. You I get it. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite DJ? For, 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 probably Derek for, okay. for energy and Derek May. Yeah. For energy and he, 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 he can connect with the crowd in a different way than any, without having to fucking raise his hands. 
Yeah, I'm not. A, I don't. I, that's something I refuse to do. Is raise my hands. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking do that and do this. I'll pump my fist, but I ain't raising my hand because everybody's doing it. Everybody wants to fucking do the same. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Lemmings. There's a great um, Dennis and I always have argument about DJs because he he's always down on it because uh, you know because he's a DJ mm -hmm. and he's like yeah what I what we do is easy right and. Uh, I sent him. A, there's a video I saw of Derek online that just incredible. Oh, so you, you just, see what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He was in play in front of. Him I haven't seen him live. I saw him live years ago. It's 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 it's. But a, uh, but just you know, seeing him on stage, it's amazing. You just don't see that kind of chemistry. Well, it's like with him, you know, and some, you know, it's to some extent it's true for all DJs. It's like the music's coming through them. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, what's the last great book you read? I read technical books now. Do you? Nothing but nothing but technical books for the studio. Okay, that's the most boring shit. Is there one that's like it's most helpful it's for the, what you're doing? Yeah, or you're I just mean, talking about manuals. Manuals and oh, shit. shit. <laughs> no, and studio techniques and stuff oh, okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But also manuals too. I just bought another synth last week. Nice. The synth that was in the Blade Runner. Ooh, Blade Runner. I bought the synth and I just read the manual. It's nice. awesome. It's a great read. So for a young <laughs> producer, what what technical you what got, books should they read? Uh, YouTube is like a it's like a fucking yeah. I mean it's so easy to get up on your game with It's a game changer. So my son I told you he's 9 and he's yeah. learning to play guitar and drums mm -hmm. and I teach him to DJ a little bit yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like we're constantly going to YouTube and like you, okay. you want to know how to play that song like Right 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 right. There's a tutorial for yeah, sure. Yeah. So for me if you were to ask me about books I would say Ixnay the book says yeah. go to YouTube. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you know. Yeah. What movie have you seen the most in your life? Oh my god. Probably, hmm. probably Blade Runner, mm. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Interstellar's the shit. Oh yeah, man. I, there's a lot. I, I'm really yeah. like for me sci-fi like, guy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I, I'm talking about just like I'm so into like uh, visuals when I'm mm -hmm. working on music. So I have this big screen. On oh, cool. But my studio, and then I yeah. put the movies on, and nice. I get inspired it. <laughs> hopefully, that's cool. Right. So yeah. Um, tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Getting married the first time. Getting married to the wrong person. I'm yeah. not saying she's a bad person. It was just the yeah. wrong person. Not right and for too you. fast. And yeah, that was not the right move because it, it kind of if you if you fall if you if you go for some if you don't listen to your gut and that's with anything, like and and, and you screw up, you know, you'll you'll survive it. But it's you know, I wish I would have had those three years back. I'm oh, sorry, five uh, years back. Like you said though. That's where the lessons are. That's where the lessons are. Sometimes we don't want those lessons, but right, we need right, them. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, okay, complete this sentence. I don't have talent. I have blank. I don't have talent. I have blank. Jokes. I got jokes. <laughs> now I want to come see you, see you uh, <laughs> do some comedy. So if I work for you, um, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Uh. The typical cliche shit. Yeah. Do better. Like my brother, he comes into the studio and he's working on something. I'm like, bro, you can do better than that. So yeah, push yourself. Do better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's easy to fall into this the same samey vibe with dance music because it's 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 not a lot of 
uh, ingredients. You got a drum machine <laughs> and you got a few synths and they're mainly all analog synths. So they yeah. all kind of do the same sound. Sure. So I'm like, bro, you got to, if you don't stick out, because he wants to be a DJ. I'm like, A, you're trying to be a DJ at 50. That's a fucking huge thing. Yeah. B, there's a million other fucking DJs out there now, yeah. right? If you want to stand out, you got to push when he plays me something. I'm like, that's not going to do it. You have to do something better than that. Yeah. And, yeah. and something unique. I mean, you can either make it all sound like because uh, I literally like sit there and go through a hundred different melodies and go, okay, which one would be the most hooky so I can stand out from the rest of that shit. I'm like yeah. saying to him, bro, you want to? Okay, I'm not gonna say that. So anyway. I, I know we talked about um, the people that that you know have you've influenced, uh, you know, and 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 when they when they recognize you. Mm. So who would you be most excited to learn and appreciate your work? Mm. I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. That, I don't think there's anybody that I would be like, oh, really? He knows my shit? That's awesome. What about in, in comedy? If somebody was in the back of the room and, and I met came Eddie up Murphy. And, you did? Yeah. And I said to him at a, at a coffee bean. Did you, uh, in the did you do an impression for him? No. I walked up to him. I, I, he, did, he did the stereotypical thing in, yeah. in L.A. where they put the hoodie on uh -huh. and all the jewelry and that. Ed Hardy shit, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you really blend the fuck in, right? Really, like, so I walked up to him, I was like, bro, I grew, I grew up to your shit, like, oh, yeah, yeah that's great. And I was like, I want to be a comic, too. He was like, so? <laughs> okay, no, what you want me to do? He didn't say that. No, he was really cool. Uh, yeah, so if I, were to, if I were to go for what my dreams were and to do this comedy thing, and then Eddie Murphy, you know, yeah, that would be like, yeah. or if Richard Pryor was, was um, alive, that, he was my... His, his wife actually sent me a, a, a message on MySpace years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I forgot yeah. why she sent me this message. I, I think I was talking about Richard Pryor on MySpace and I had the following. And, mm. and she said, I don't know how that happened, but it was really weird to get a message from her. Yeah. Yeah. But like for dance music, I mean, I've, I'm so used to already knowing that there's a lot sure, of guys of that are huge that we influence. Yeah. Like, so it's, it, it's cool to know, but yeah. You talk about Eddie Murphy. Um, I don't, you know, I watched Raw not too long ago, mm. and it just, one of the things that stood out to me, I mean, it's still funny, but, like, is I don't think he could get away with half those jokes anymore. Why? Just the the, the politics, the all the gay, all the gay jokes. Oh, right, yeah, and, yeah, right, know, right, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's just... Maybe a, just the gay joke. What else is there that's, this, that, that's the most... Offensive yeah, yeah. PC like uh, like that. Yeah, it might have just been that. It may, maybe just the gay jokes. Everything else, that, yeah, maybe. everything else is kind of. So not half, but definitely like you know his, uh, you know when he came out, that's that was shocking. Yeah, for sure. Right, and yeah, yeah. and that was and that's part of what we appreciated mm. appreciated about him. Yeah, yeah. Is that he said shit that yeah. was on people's minds. Right, and we, right, right. We didn't have a voice of our yeah, own. Yeah. And I just don't know you can do that anymore. I think you can. I yeah. think people are numb to the shit, honestly. Like, Maybe. They're, they're numb to, like, well, it it's depends also, on what the topic is. It's also so different because, you know, he had his moment that was his own, mm -hmm. meaning, like, he was so dominant in pop culture mm -hmm. at that moment mm -hmm. where nobody gets that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you have a big, right. you know, Superstar, right. Kevin Hart has a big special, right, right, but right. there's another big special tomorrow, right. and right, it's like, right, right. none of it has yeah. the same kind of meaning right, culturally. Right, right, sure. So yeah, maybe you're not under the same sort of. Did you see the, the Michael the Never Leaving Neverland? I'm 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 building up my strength to watch. Oh it. Oh my God! I don't know if I can. Bro, okay. So after the after 
it's a two-part series, two hours each part, and then Oprah does a yeah. thing, and she was mentioning that. She was saying how you don't have the caliber of mega star that shines right. that bright, yeah. that hard anymore. That's, yeah, Michael was probably one of the last. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I, I agree. There, yeah. There's not a... Kevin's huge, but he still doesn't have... I mean, he has that. He has a certain charisma to get him where he is, but he still yeah. doesn't have... And I don't even know if it's if it's them. I think it's just culturally, like, there's just so much content coming at us from everywhere. For sure. Right? And, I think and so it, we saw we saw uh, Raw. That was the first one, Raw? Mm, or Delirious? Yeah, think, Raw uh, was first. I think Raw was first, yeah. Whatever yeah. it was. We saw it in the theater. Yeah. I yeah. saw My mom took yeah, me to uh, a Live yeah. on Sunset Strip in the theater, right? Right, right. Even though I was a little young. Mm. But, you know... Those were big moments in yeah. our lives, right? Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. would go home, you'd get the album, you'd memorize all that shit, right? right. All of it, right? Yeah, and yeah. the same with records. Yeah, you'd yeah. go get a record and you'd play it a thousand times and wow. memorize every song and whatever. Well, everybody's ADD now. Yeah. New so speed, you five seconds, boom, and it's gone. So you, you hear a song and you're like, oh, that's a great song. And then it's like, it's, yeah, it's gone. It's for you know? sure, for and sure. It, that's not really the song's fault, mm -hmm. right? That's just a. The environment we live well, in. Well, guess what? We, yeah. We, and, and see, he's on his shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's taking notes. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's it's working. So, it's, the, it's the oddest thing to fucking like in For like sure. five seconds it takes. Ten seconds you have something, yeah. and then boom, it's just gone. Because yeah. you're so over inundated with, with information and it's just coming at you from every, and it's like yeah. hard to be stay focused and stuff. Well, dude, I appreciate you, man. This is a uh, great story. Great I just lessons. rambled and blambled. You know how old black people do. That's old black man. You know, when I was a young man, it was. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> I love all the stuff. I appreciate you uh, inviting me down, man. Of I have course. fun. Of course. Well, come cool. back anytime you want to promote something. Yeah, no, all right. Uh, you're always welcome. For sure. how, how does everybody find you online? Uh, Where should. Uh, what's my Instagram? Kenny Lark. Kenny Larkin Official. Kenny Larkin Official. Kenny Larkin Official. On Instagram. On Instagram. We'll and be watching Kenny. for the new releases. Yeah. Um, and maybe one day tell a joke or two. Yeah, man. Okay. I, I, let us know. We'll come, yeah, for sure, man. come see you. Thank you, sir. Yo, that was Kenny Larkin on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Make sure you leave us a comment or a review on iTunes. On uh, Twitter, you can hit us at Rebel Radio Net. On Facebook, same thing. You can find videos of many of our episodes on our YouTube page at Rebel Radio Net. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>